Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Set. This behind the silk curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again Thursday morning. Here we go. It is week nine. Week nine. That means once this week is over, now you can say it's officially the midway point of the NFL season. Once this week is complete, you're saying, "Oh, well, what about teams that haven't had their bye?" 17 games, doesn't matter. There is no midway point. You got to throw the buy in there. 18-week season, week through week nine is the first half, weeks 10 through 18, the second half. So it's the final week of the first half. But it's November. It's November. This is crazy. It feels like just the other day, I was so excited to say, oh, it's August and the Steelers are playing in the Hall of Fame game tonight. I know I'm going to keep saying that, but it still just blows my mind. I Time flies when you're having fun. And I guess I'm having fun with my nerds of steel because this seems like it's absolutely flying by this season. But you know what? I want it to fly by in a good way. You know, you know what would make this, this season fly by even better? You know, continue to stack wins. This is a big one this week. And I know last week was really big. And, the, and you're like, well, is it a big one every week? You know what? It is. It is. It's a big one every week for the Steelers. Even this week when they are favored, the last line I saw was that they were favored by six and a half points. Um, oh, it might've changed a little bit. It might only be six points now, but uh, still that's, that's still a, a significant spread favor, however you want to say it. Um, and that's, that's what the Steelers are, are, are looking at 
right now going into this week. So, and then there'll be even bigger favorites the following week. Um, or at least they're, unless crazy things happen for the Steelers this week, they'll, they'll be facing the Detroit Lions who are coming out of their bye. but that's next week. That's what we talk about next week. And see, that's the problem. That's what the Steelers can't do. You can't look and say, oh, well the next week, no, 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 no. The only reason I was even looking at that game was because I was possibly going to go to that game. But instead, I'm sending my good friend, Brian Anthony Davis. He wanted to take his nephew. So I said, hey, I'll switch and go to a different game. So um, that's that's here nor there. It's the Chicago Bears. And the reason it's a big game is because it's the next one. The Steelers just had a huge win against the Cleveland Browns. We're going to break that down here in just a minute. And you're saying, okay, well, then how is this one just as big? Because you can't do the letdown game. You can't have the letdown game. You just can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. Look at the teams that have done it. And you're like, oh, the Steelers are notorious for it. You know what? I've broken this down in the past. Everybody's notorious for this. Everybody loses games, even games that you're supposed to win by a ton. It's what happens in the NFL. Um, the great Patriots teams of years past, they would do it because if not, they would have been undefeated every year because they were always they, they were always favored in every game, it seemed like. Um, but look at what happened this week. Tennessee Titans almost had the big letdown game. Cincinnati Bengals did have the big letdown game. I mean, think about that. If you're you're coming off that win that, that you had, you know, against the, the I even almost said their name. I'll say their name against the Ravens. Take over the the division lead, number one seed in the AFC, and then you go into New York and lose to the Jets. That's the kind of things that happen. That's that's what happens because if you're not on top of your game, those are the things that can happen, and that's why this is such a big game for the Steelers because you can't have this happen. I like that they're doing the color rush. I like that it's on Monday Night Football because these are all things that can help lead into keeping the Steelers up for this game because they need to get rolling. Man, it would be fantastic to be at the midway point of the season and be at five and three. That would that would be really nice. So let's look at some of the numbers from this past week before we get into the topic of this episode, which is we're going to look at some numbers with TJ Watt. Not his numbers, but what the Steelers do when they have him available versus when he wasn't available. All right. So before we dive into that, let's look at a couple things. How about 96 versus 115? The Steelers held the Browns to 96 rushing yards and they themselves rushed for 115. And what's crazy is out of those 115 yards, their average got pulled down at the end because everyone knew they were running. Everyone was set up to 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 stop the run, not let the Steelers get that first down in order to run more clock. And therefore, it, it kind of killed Najee Harris's numbers at the end. because And it's not a numbers game. Who cares about Harris's numbers? I mean, people do, but not at the cost of winning the game. Who cares if Najee Harris, you know, all of a sudden, oh, he's got two more carries for no yards. Big deal. Because you got to do what you got to do to secure the victory. Um, but if it wasn't for that, their average would have even been higher. But they just went up against the number one rushing offense in the NFL. And I will say this, they are still, at least in terms of yards per carry, 
I didn't check, you know, total yards, but I did check yards per carry. They're still the number one rushing offense in the NFL, even after what the Steelers did to them. That's how far they were ahead of everybody else. So that's what the Steelers did. They kept them under 100 yards. Some I know a lot of Browns fans, they're furious with their coaching staff. Why didn't they run more, blah, blah, blah. Well, look at the number of times that the Steelers stopped them when they went to run. So that's what they were doing. The Steelers were the Steelers did to the Browns what everyone had been doing to the Steelers the end of last year and early this earlier this year, saying even though the Steelers were one of one of the worst running teams in the NFL, they're saying we're not going to let you run. We're not going to let your rookie get rolling. We're going to make you beat us on the on deeper throws. We're going to take away the run and the short pass. We're going to crowd everybody up. You've got to beat us in order to get us out of this defense. And that's kind of what the Steelers did. They played a lot of base defense. They played a lot of big packages. And they said, you've, you've got to beat us another way. And the Steelers held them to 10 points doing that, um, which is another great number, 10 points. So the Steelers, they rushed for 115 yards. The cool thing about that, it's the 20th straight game where when they rushed for 100 yards, they won the game. It's very simple. The Steelers hit, they rushed for 100 yards. They've won 20 in a row when they've done that. So it doesn't just mean, oh, wow, you're losing by 30 points. Keep running the ball. You know, now we understand game situation dictates that. I've said that on here a bunch, and you're probably like, come on, Dave, we've heard you say that before. Hey, sorry, nerds of steel. I'll do what I can do. Um, the Steelers did a nice job in their third down defense. They held the Browns to three of 10, um, and they held them to zero of two on fourth down. So when you think about it, it was three of 12 when you combine them together. So that's, that's, that's 25% on, in, in what you would call possession downs. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, they did a decent job protecting Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, there was what two sacks in the game and I think five quarterback hits. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, miles Garrett, he's the PFF defensive player of the week. And oh. I was upset, you know, Dan Moore Jr. got a zero pass rush score. But Miles Garrett got one sack. He got one sack because PFF wants to grade every play and say, do I think this person won or do I think that person won? You know what? If the Steelers are saying, hey, Miles Garrett's going to get there, he's going to get there fast, the key is we need you to slow him down just enough, then Dan Moore did his job. And he wasn't getting a ton of help the whole time. So... That's my point. You can still say, oh, yeah, look, Miles Garrett, you know, he was getting around him every time. But if Dan Moore slowed him down just enough, and that's all the Steelers needed him to do, then he did what they were wanting him to do. Uh, gotta gotta give some more shout out to their to one Pat Frermuth, four receptions, 44 yards, and a beautiful touchdown catch. That was really impressive. Um, one thing that we I've talked about that the Browns were 0 for 2 on fourth down. The Steelers were 2 for 4 on fourth down. And the two that they didn't convert was the fake field goal, which if you want to know more about that, listen to my Scobro show podcast I did with my brother Tuesday. We didn't see, we were really far apart on that whenever it first happened. And we have both, of course, came back to the middle by the time we did our show Tuesday, even though we hadn't talked about it. Um, I'm not saying that it was the greatest call. I'm just, 
I'm just saying that it's the, the people that are like, that was the worst call ever. No, you can't complain that the Steelers always punt on fourth down and that they never do this and they never do that. And then when they do, you just don't like it because it doesn't work. If the steel, if that fake field goal would have worked, that you would, would you still feel that it was the stupidest decision ever? I'd be surprised. I really would be if, if you're going to be honest with yourself. So the execution was poor, absolutely. But I mean, I to me that was people were like, well, why would you do that there? Okay, to me, if you're ever going to do it, that was the that was the, the place. You weren't changing how many scores you were up by. It was a tie game. You weren't trailing. It was late in the half. You were getting the second half kickoff. The chances of them being able to turn around and score, especially with your defense playing well, was much smaller. And if it would have worked, it would have been the dagger. It really would have been the dagger. So to me, if you're ever going to run it, and you're and you're an underdog going to the Nick game, you don't want to run that against the Bears. You know, you don't. You you should be able to beat the Bears without having to resort to doing something like that. Don't blame the Steelers for giving it a try. It didn't work. Luckily, they still won the game anyway. Back to everything. So that was one fourth down they failed on. The other fourth down that the Steelers failed on, they actually succeeded on because it was an incomplete pass, but took enough to, took enough time for the clock to hit triple zeros in the fourth quarter. That was a fourth down play where Ben rolled out and just threw it. I don't know what they told the offense to do. To me, it reminds me of one of the last plays I ever coached in high school. I'm just like, just hold them. Hold them, grab them. Grab hold of their, don't get kicked out, you know, by grabbing a hold of their face mask and throwing them to the ground. But don't worry about the penalty there. What's a penalty going to do? The clock's already run. You would have an untimed down on fourth down. You know what you can do on an untimed down on fourth down? Take a knee. You know, having a penalty there wouldn't have hurt. So, and then if they did, and if they decline it, then there's no untimed down. So, all kinds of crazy stuff there. Um, Really loved the 50-yard catch and run with um, with Deontay Johnson. That They were so selling out against the run that that play worked. And the Steelers did it. I, you know, And that's what sometimes bothers me. Is this, I'm like, like, do you pass the ball to try to get the first down? Or do you run it to run the clock? You know, they said, Hey, we think we, this is a high, you know, high percentage pass and we could get the first down with it. Executed it perfectly. Loved it. And of course, gotta love how the Steelers were in the plus range for turnover margins. That was another really good one. So I'm sorry I went on an awful lot about this game, but my goodness, it was quite a game. It was really quite a game. The big, to me, I don't know what's the bigger win, winning in Buffalo or winning in Cleveland. Um, probably the Buffalo one, but it's just extra sweet when it's that division game and and everything going on there. I'm going to go ahead and take our break early because then I want to roll into some of these TJ Watt numbers. We're going to look into the the matchup with the Bears. I'll go ahead and say it now. I'll tease it right now. Playing the most unbalanced team they've played this season is who the Steelers will face this week. And you'll you'll see why. And you're also going to see how important is it to have TJ Watt in that lineup Oh, it's important. So stick around, listen to a commercial, probably about another podcast, and then we'll be here just a little bit. When my phone rang, she found someone new. surprise how life Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Nerds of Steel, to the Steeler Stat Geek Podcast. This is Dave Schofield, editor behind the Steel Curtain. I'm ready to roll into this. I wanted to do something about TJ Watt because it's so obvious what he means to this team and being on the field. Now, I broke some of the stats, and this isn't his stats. This is Steeler stats. This is their defense. This is what they do. And I thought of three things. Didn't even know if these would work out. Just three different things that I thought of that... That, and two of them are obvious, the one might not be, that I thought, I wonder how these compare with T.J. Watt in the lineup versus T.J. Watt out of the lineup. Now, when I mean in the lineup, I mean available to play. Even if he's on the sidelines as they're rotating in, taking a, a breather and everything like that, I am not day breaking it down that much because I don't even know how I would do that other than, you know, looking at every play and every, you know, personnel grouping and whatnot. And that would take an awful lot of time. So this is what I did. I broke it down. TJ Watt missed all of week three against the Bengals. So that's easy. That game goes into the no TJ Watt weeks one, four, five, six, seven. TJ Watt was available Threw them all in there. Even though I will say week four is kind of the anomaly. That's the green Bay Packers. If you throw that game out, these numbers will be even have more disparity. I believe TJ was was coming back, fighting through injury to get back, wanting to play in his home state and everything, and that he really wasn't himself in that game. The the, the numbers kind of backed that up, um, but we're still going to include it because he played. So the only game that we really I really had to break down or break up, I guess I would say, was the game with the Las Vegas Raiders. And TJ Watt went out in the second quarter. So I could have done it by half, but I'm like, Man, as soon as TJ Watt went out, they had a long drive and kicked a field goal at the end of the half. So I went and I looked back. I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to call that a quarter and a half. The TJ Watt played the first quarter and half the second quarter before he went out. So I'll look, I looked at the numbers while he was in. I looked at the numbers once he was out, split them into two different categories and everything that happened there. And then when I did these averages... I used three-eighths of a game. That's right. A quarter and a half is three-eighths, you know, for all you for, for all you nerds out there that, uh, that, that, that love the English measuring system because, um, you know, three-eighths of an inch and things like that rather than the metric when you're dealing with like 0.2. So you got three-eighths of a game that he that TJ Watt played, five-eighths of the game he did not. And that is, those are the numbers I used for the averages. Just wanted to lay those out. So these are the three things that I looked at. I looked at how many points the defense gave up. No, not even the defense. How many points were given up? There, it, it could have been that there was a short field on a turnover. I didn't even look at that. How many points were scored on the Steelers when T.J. Watt played versus when T.J. Watt didn't play? So that was one. 
Two, the other obvious one, sacks. I looked at how many sacks the Steelers had when TJ Watt was in the lineup versus wasn't in the lineup. And that one's easy to look at because the the streak ended because TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith did not play in week three. And that's when they got no sacks. Um, but the Steelers did get one sack whenever T, after TJ went out in the Raiders game. And the other thing I looked at, believe it or not, was plays over 20 of 20 yards or more that the defense gave up plays of 20 yards or more. And the reason I wanted to look at that is Jeffrey Benedict brought this up. He, you know, whether it be his cutting room floor podcast or in his film rooms or our vertex article that we do together, he brought it up and I can't, I, he might've brought him up in all of them for all I know, but I know he brought him up at, in at least one of those three things about how in that game against the Raiders, when TJ Watt went out, Derek Carr played completely different. He was taking his time because he had time and he was looking to throw the ball down the field. That's what he was doing. So therefore I, I, I wanted to see were teams able to get more plays down the field. So this is what I did. I, I broke it all down and I, then I averaged them. So like, for example, I'll, I'll just give you some of these numbers. I'll just I don't want to spend the whole time reading off the numbers, but you might have an idea of what I'm looking at. So like week one, Buffalo, they gave up 16 points. They got three sacks. They had two plays with 20 yards or more against the Raiders. Okay. They gave up six points before Watt left one sack, no plays over 20 yards. After he left, they gave up 20 points, one sack and five plays of over 20 yards. Okay. In the Cincinnati game, when he did not play, they gave up 24 points, zero sacks, and two plays of 20 or more yards. Okay, against Green Bay, this was the one that I say was a bit of an outlier. They gave up 27 points, did have three sacks, and had six plays of 20 yards or more. That was a game I said TJ wasn't quite himself. Then, you know, Denver, 19 points, two sacks, five plays. Seattle, 20 points, five sacks, five plays. Cleveland, this is the one where they really start going in the right direction. 10 points, four sacks, only three plays of 20 yards or more. So... Looking at those, I averaged them out. So the number that I was dividing by, um, what was it? It was 40, <laughs> um, 43 eighths in all because it was, you know, <laughs> sorry, just to have to have to have to nerd out on that one. Um, because you're, you're talking about five and what did I say? It was five and three eighths games that he played and then one and five-eighths games that he didn't play. And those were the numbers that I was dividing by from these totals to figure out the average. So the that Raiders game, when they gave up five plays, that wasn't even in a whole game. You're assuming that if they would have played the whole game without TJ Watt, they probably would have had eight. That's how that average would have worked. So just by doing um, adding them up, here's TJ Watt. When TJ Watt was in the lineup, the Steelers averaged giving up 18.2 points a game. When TJ Watt was not in the lineup, they averaged giving up 27.1 points a game. Okay. 18.2, 27.1. You're like, how can they average more points than how much they gave up in the game? Because of that Raiders game, really, they the whole notion that they would have scored so many more points if Watt was if Watt wasn't there. Um, whether that would have been the case or not. So then you look at the sacks. When TJ was in the lineup, 3.35 sacks per game. When he was out of the lineup, 0.615. So you're talking more than two and a half sacks per game more when TJ was in the lineup than versus when he was out. 
when points wise, you were talking about was it eight point nine points more given up than when he was in the lineup, and then you even look at the at, at the plays, not as big as a discrepancy here, but the, they gave up when he's when he's in the game, they give up an average of three point nine one plays per game of twenty yards, almost four plays, and then um, when he was out of the lineup, it was four point three one. So well over four plays of 20 yards or more. So you can see just from those stats. And like I said, I didn't, I didn't know that the, it was definitely going to show that much discrepancy when I started looking into it. I didn't look up eight different stats and pick the three that looked good. I, I decided on those three stats before I had any data and just wanted to see if the data backed it up. And it did. It actually did. And as it was going, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to tell me what I think it's going to tell me. But I mean, when you're talking about you know, 8.9 points per game. I mean, that's that's the difference of, of if TJ Watt doesn't play against Cleveland, you're assuming that they scored 19 points, which in that case would have been enough to win. Then you're talking about the sacks. You're talking about more than two and a half sacks more per game. That's that's a big deal. So I'm all I'm doing now is giving you the numbers to tell you what I'm pretty sure Steelers Nation already knows. And that is TJ Watt is this team's MVP especially on defense, even though Cam Cam Hayward is out there doing everything, you know, being the great defensive captain, having a fantastic year that that TJ Watt, because of the position he plays as well, that's a not having him on the field is a really, really big deal. So I'd, I'd still want to see, you know, how, so so the Steelers lost to green Bay with TJ Watt, man, I would have loved to see what that would be like if he would have been full strength. I would have loved to see how the Steelers would have done against the Bengals. If TJ Watt would have been in the lineup. And I would have loved to have seen how, if they could have finished off the, the Raiders. I mean, they were, the Steelers were up seven to six before the Raiders got the ball with TJ being out. So, I would have been nice to see how that would have played out had he been able to play that in that entire game. But I, that's just the difference maker that I believe he is. I mean, yeah, the Steelers lost by two touchdowns to the Bengals, but you take away nine points from that and look at what they're trying to do at the end of the game instead, you know? So just just because it was how different it would have played if you take those points away. And I know you say, oh, you can't really do it that way. And that's exactly right. But this does go to show the importance that one Trent Jordan Watt has on this defense. Speaking of which, let's break down this matchup between the Steelers and the Bears. You all know how we do it. I, I look at the four key statistics um, and, their, and the team's ranks of both of overall for offense and defense, meaning overall yards and overall points. Um, and then I look breaking it into run and pass and see how they compare. So this, I, I said it before we went to the break, that this is the most unbalanced team that the Steelers face this year. Here's why. Let's start off with Chicago's offense and let's start off with the best of their best. Let's start off with their run offense. They have 193 rushing yards on the season. That's 136.6 yards per game. That is fifth in the NFL. Pretty good, huh? They have more rushing yards than passing yards. Now, I'm sure some of this is because they've also given up more sacks than any other team in the NFL. They've given up 30. That was something we definitely want to talk about, too, because like to see the Steelers get some sacks in this game. But they've given up 30 sacks on the season. They only have 1,019 rushing yards, 
not rushing, passing yards on the season. That's 127.4 passing yards per game. So they have more rushing yards than passing yards on the season. They are 32nd, dead last in the NFL in passing. That's pretty unbalanced. They can run it. They can't pass it. Think the Steelers might have a much, might be keeping a similar philosophy that they had against the Browns. Um, now for the Steelers, they're creeping up a little bit. They're up to 86 yards per game average with their rushing. It's you know they started off pretty rough, but it's getting better and better. They're up to 28th in the NFL. You know they were 32nd, then they were 30th, 29th. They're they're moving a little bit, and all all I want to do is keep seeing that ranking go down every week. But when it comes to passing, the Steelers. They average 244.4 yards a game, and they are 16th. That's right in the middle of the NFL when it comes to passing yards. Okay. Now, we said that the Bears have been sacked 30 times this year. The Steelers have only been sacked 14 times, which is still more than they were all of last season. But you've got the young line. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger. I like the fact that he's actually looking to see what receivers are open rather than determining where he's throwing the ball before it's snapped. That's how this offense is going to be doing better because um, that's was the problems they had down the stretch last year. So I want to keep, I don't mind if Ben takes a couple sacks every game simply because, you know, as long as he doesn't get crushed, as long as he's, you know, reading what his receivers are doing better. All right. So let's, let's look at overall offense Um, offense overall. The main thing the NFL does is yards. The Steelers are 24th in, in offensive yards, well, um, 330.4 per game. Bears, they're dead last. They're 32nd, averaging 264 yards a game. Um, and then when it comes to points, the Steelers, you know, they're that's they're not as good in the point department. They average 18.91 points a game. They're 26th in the NFL but that's still better than the Bears. They're averaging 15.4. They're 31st in the NFL. They just don't score points. They run the ball. They can run the ball well, but it doesn't translate into points. So that's why they're they're facing a very unbalanced offense. Let's look at the defensive side real quick before we call it a show. Um, Chicago is definitely much better at defense. I will say this. There's only one statistic where they are better than the Steelers in NFL rank, and it's barely, and that is past defense. The Bears have given up 232.5 yards per game, which is 11th in the NFL, and the Steelers gave up 239.7, which is 13th in the NFL. I think Atlanta is the one team that's in between them. They're all very close. um, I mean, look, the Steelers, they're like seven yards apart. Um, and the difference there. And I also think part of that is because teams aren't having to run against the Bears or sorry, pass against the Bears as much because um, that's just not the style of game that that, that they end up playing ultimately. Um, when it comes to rushing yards given up, the Steelers have, are giving up an average of 106 yards per game. That's 12th in the NFL, while the Bears are giving up 125. They're 25th. That's the weak spot of their defense is their is their run defense, believe it or not. Um, but they've been facing a lot more runs than, um, than other, other teams out there that, that, you know, teams have a lead against them and are trying to run the ball at the end. Um, and it seems like they're doing it somewhat successfully. When you look at overall yardage, the Steelers are 11th in the NFL with 345.7. The bears are 15th overall with 357.5. Um, you know, they're only 12 yards apart there. Um, 
you know, both just above middle of the road. But when you look at points, points surrendered, that's the Steelers' strength. They are seventh in the NFL. They are giving up an average of 20.3 points per game, where the Bears are giving up 24.4 points per game, and that's 20th in the NFL. So that's some of the discrepancies that you have there. So the 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 Bears, they run the ball well. They can't pass it. Okay. Their defense, they're they're good against the pass. They're not as good stopping the run. They're not very balanced in those aspects. Where the Steelers, I mean, look, they're 12th against the run and 13th against the pass. You can't get any any, you know, all it's hard to get any closer than those two there. Now they're not as balanced on offense, but they're getting there. They really are. Those two numbers are 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 starting to to come together a little bit more. I will say this, when it comes to takeaways, the two teams are fairly even. I mean, the Bears have played an extra game than the Steelers. Uh, They've had eight takeaways, so they have about one a game. The Steelers have six takeaways. They're one shy of having one a game. Um, And then when it comes to sacks, they're – they're they're really close as well. The Bears have a slight advantage, but only because how they have that extra game. They've had 21 sacks on the season where the Steelers have 19. So that's the matchup that the Steelers are going to have Monday night. They can't take this team lightly. They've got to stop the run. They've got to stop the run. And the passing game might be getting improved as Justin Fields gets his feet under him a little bit more. Coach Tomlin talked about that on Tuesday. So all I did was just give you the numbers. Uh, the numbers say that the, the, it's pretty easy to focus on one thing over the other when it comes to, to this opponent because of they're a little bit off balance. The numbers, I'm going to say it again, tell you, man, what a difference there is when TJ Watts in the game and playing. And that, like I said, even those numbers included on the field against Green Bay when he just didn't seem himself. So I want to thank you for listening. Um, remember, it, we're going to, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same AM lineup next week, even though the game is Monday night. Um, so I know I, I'm for me, I'll be back again on Thursday morning for stat geek. Um, hopefully my nerds of steel will be tuning in. And if you're not, make sure you're checking out all our podcasts. I mean, let's ride the live mic, uh, as some of the AM podcasts, then you've got the the audio only noon lineup like cutting room floor i make sure i catch all of those what yin's talking about is just it's it's so much fun it is different than everything else that we have because it's just it's just fun you know then you've got the the fantasy football fix you've got the um war room with maddie p you've got the ohioans and the power half hour um and then of course all our our youtube shows that are on the audio as well and make sure you're checking out behind the steel curtain.com your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers hey let's do this i'm my brother's going to this game he's actually he has my tickets to this game and his tickets um so that way his whole family of four can go um i'm really happy he's going to be there he'll represent the 122 crew um if anyone's going to be at the game swing by there and see big bros go uh let's get this victory if i'm going to have to stay up late working anyway the least the steelers can do for me is win so As I always say, thanks for joining me. Go Steelers. And most importantly, thanks for geeking out.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus.